There's a difference between weight loss and fat loss. What are some things that they can focus on to see results when they feel like they've already tried it all? Women have to start eating more to get a flatter tummy. Anti-calorie counter. Do you count your calories? Consuming more nutrients to get their body tighter and toner. The woman listening is now like, okay, protein, check. Yeah. Now what? Now what? Now you start waking up having more energy, more mental clarity, and you're seeing your body change. What are your thoughts on eat less, move more? You just have to keep coming back for more supplements, more medications, more injections, whatever it may be. If you fix the root of the problem, the symptoms go away. What comes first? Changing your diet or changing your mindset? Everybody says that they'll die for their kids, but how many will actually live for their kids and be their best version of themselves? The number one health tip is Today, I'm joined by Derek Newborn, a published fitness model who was named one of Florida's top personal trainers. And there's a lot more to his story, which I'm going to let him share. Um, Derek, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Thank you. Super excited to have you. So how did you get to the point of becoming a published fitness model? Um. Well, I had a successful um, personal training business, um, which was garnering a lot of attention. And then really it was, I was discovered on social media through an agency um, in Miami and then went through the whole deal, signed with the agency and then started my professional modeling career. Um, the whole modeling life with lots of attention and being ushered around from shoot to shoot and everybody telling you how great you look and trying to keep six pack abs 24 seven and look your best. Um, and then that, that really um, created a lot of toxicity for myself based on some things I hadn't healed from my upbringing and from my past and it actually led me to a path of massive uh self self-destruction where i eventually hit rock bottom um overcame some suicide attempts mental hospital and came out of that and was able to start rebuilding myself into the version that i am today wow okay i want to unpack <laughs> that a little bit yeah. you went from modeling um to suicide attempts yeah so um i imagine that unfolded over some time like mm -hmm. i don't think that happened right away but yeah. what what do you think caused the downfall there because i know you know there are a lot of models in the world was it just hard to maybe sustain a lifestyle where you're constantly physically validated and your ego's being fed and you were yeah balancing. yeah there was um through my upbringing up through my early 20s there was a lot of abandonment in my life with um essentially people closest to me essentially leaving in some way shape mm -hmm. or form okay. um so i was always subconsciously fighting to feel validated or be seen or feel feel worthy so uh the building of my personal training career gave me a sense of that feeling and then becoming a fitness model really like 
put the pedal to the metal where now I'm getting all this attention and but subconsciously while I'm getting all this attention I still feel like the people closest to me are going to leave so I'm really only looking out for my own best interest so not my girlfriend's interest not my parents interests not even my son's best interest I'm just trying to make sure that I stay one step ahead of any of those people ever leaving me so lots of infidelity with my girlfriend at the time lots of selfishness when it comes to not um, taking care of my parents or spending time with my son. I was just trying to absorb everything and keep myself safe. So I was never in a position to be abandoned again. And that it just escalated over years and years until eventually, you know, those people don't want to be around you anymore. And then you lose, like, now you're not even the person you were, essentially. Right. Kind of like the perfect mixture of unhealed trauma and attention created the perfect car accident (laughs) yeah um I appreciate you sharing this because it can be vulnerable especially you don't hear it a lot from fitness coaches going on their own personal journey yeah um yeah it sounds like you were almost propelled into that situation of kind of getting yourself isolated in order to heal those those wounds from your early childhood yeah yeah I mean I I thought I was healing and the and the crazy thing was the more attention the more successful I got the more empty I felt on the inside and the worse and worse I felt about I felt about myself so then I would keep doing more things keep cheating or or keep using other people to try to fix the way I, I felt inside so it just kept, it was just one big self-sabotage snowball trying to heal the way I felt about myself. I feel like a lot of people can probably relate with that. Why do we constantly seek to seek things on the outside when we actually need to find the answers inside? Well, I think because things happen to us at such an early age from people that we're closest to. And a lot of times it comes from like family members, whether it's parents or or siblings or friends at a young age you know we get told or shown that we're less than in some way shape or form and like if this person super close to me says that I'm less than then clearly I am right Mm -hmm. and then you know you keep seeing that pattern show up because you're not healing it so the lessons keep coming but we don't learn the lesson so just new teachers keep showing up until we learn learn the lesson. So you get to a point where you're like, I'm going to make people see me as worthy, whatever it takes. So whether, and then we have our own self-sabotage. So if your unhealed trauma is abandonment, you're going to seek attention in any way, shape or form from as many people as possible. Do you think you also, and I'm just brainstorming with you here do you think you also seek situations where you know you're going to be abandoned so that you solidify your own beliefs I think you end up constantly abandoning yourself ah yeah which is what which is what I did abandon my values abandon my boundaries abandon my morals so I was reinforcing through my behavior that I was unworthy unworthy of relationship unworthy of being a good father unworthy of being a good son unworthy of being a good friend 
So we, we, we seek it within ourselves. We keep providing ourselves with proof of it. I'm so excited that we're talking about this because we're going to tie this in with fitness. And that is just like beautiful to me that it all just perfectly, it just, you can't have one without the other. And all connected. yeah, I know you only work with women. So I do want to touch on that. Like why only women? Yeah. So it's, it's 90% women. So the main reason why I work with women and mainly um, middle-aged women over 30, 35. And the reason I, I do that is because the first time I was ever abandoned, uh, essentially my father was sent off to jail. So it left my mom, a single, single mom for my whole upbringing. So watching her do the best she can between juggling work, making sure I'm taken care of, you know, it's, it's very easy for a single mother to lose herself in that and her self-confidence in her body image and whatever it may be. And I watched her try to balance all that and do the best she could. So I seen what the exact struggles are and mm. you know, women like that, they have different priorities in day-to-day -day life than a full-time mother stay at home, raising a family with their husband. Right. So there's different needs. So I help women specifically who have essentially lost themselves in mm. some way, shape or form rebuild themselves and like we said it's all connected to inside and outside so that's why i work with women specifically because i watched it happen to my mother well over well over 10 years and if she could just have just if she would just had the right support without feeling like she has to do more she might have been more happy more successful felt less depressed less exhausted so that's why i work with women specifically because of my mother it's kind of in honor of your mom Mm -hmm. she's still with us on this planet oh yeah oh yeah yeah oh, it's great that she gets to see that yeah. yeah um another piece of what you do specifically is you help the women drop 11 inches of body fat that's right um, at least 11 <laughs> inches at why least 11. why 11 <laughs> uh because it's at least 11 every time 10 okay. 10's too cliche 11 people would be like why is it 11 and not 10 I like it. I like it. <laughs> okay. So for the women that are listening to this and they have tried all the diets, the low carb, the low fat, the Weight Watchers, plant-based, you name it. I'm sure you're familiar with all of them mm -hmm. and they struggle with losing fat. What are some things that they can focus on to see results when they feel like they've already tried it all? Yeah. So one thing, Pay, they need to pay attention to whatever they're reading or whatever. There's a difference between weight loss and fat loss, right? Mm -hmm. So weight loss, you'll probably see a quick loss, but it also slows down your metabolism and the weight will come back. Fat loss, you start losing inches. So the scale might go up and down, but your body measurements and the way your clothes fit will actually get tighter and toner. So the best, the best way to do that, he said, forget all the diets is really, if you just focus on protein intake, like the best thing you can do is just eat a fifth size of protein three times a day. You start with that because that will give your metabolism enough fuel to preserve and build new muscle fibers, which is the root of your metabolism. Now, does it matter what the source of protein is? Not at this point. I mean, whether, you know, there's so many preferences, whether you're vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, regular, whatever it may be, 
if you start with a fist size, because really that's usually more than most women eat. So they don't eat enough nutrients to fuel their metabolism because they don't want to gain weight, right? So more nutrients doesn't necessarily mean more food, right. just means more nutrient dense food. So like a lot of times when women come in the program after the first week, they're like, oh my God, I've never eaten so much, much food in my life, but they're getting tighter and toner. So the thing is just focus on protein and without making it complicated, if you just use a fist size three times, three times a day, start there. And then once that gets pretty common, then you can start adding stuff in, but you really don't have to complicate it. Okay. The woman listening is now like, okay, protein check. Yeah. Now what? Now what? Now up your water intake by two more bottles a day, probably get things moving. And then if you're talking about a whole meal, I always say do a palm size of protein or I'm sorry. Yeah. Palm size of protein, half a fist of carbs, and then just the thumb size of fats. And it can be whatever, whatever you want. You, there's no, there's no such thing as fat burning foods. Mm. Not, not, there's not a food that's going to make you automatically just burn fat because you consume it. It really just comes down to the nutrients and the quantity of those nutrients that you're consuming each day. You're either going to put gas in your tank, in your metabolism. So it will start using fat cells as its energy source, or you're going to keep the tank empty where it starts storing the fat cells as the energy source because not enough nutrients are coming in. So it's going to hold on to fat cells the same way, like a bear hibernates for the winter. Your metabolism will do the same thing with fat cells if you don't fuel it. Okay. That was going to be, yes, that was going to actually be my next question was going to be the best way to support and increase the metabolism. But mm -hmm. basically everything you're saying right now would also do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the women I work with, they're super busy. So it doesn't make sense to add more to their plate. So we just make it as simple as possible with those, with those portions. Because 99% of the time, those portions will be enough to increase your metabolism, not enough to create fat cells. Okay. And now I have a little bit like of a selfish question here. Okay. I want to know when exactly do you want to eat these meals or specifically the first one, because I've been getting more into weight training the past several months and mm -hmm. I'm kind of playing with eating my first meal before working out or eating it after. And is there a better or worse scenario there or does it depend on the person? Um, you, de you definitely want to eat like 90 minutes after working out. Okay. But um, again, each woman is different. Like we have some women that they, they don't eat till like 2 p.m. in the day just because that's when their schedule allows. Um, wow. It really depends on how you feel. The time of day doesn't, doesn't matter as far as like if you eat before bed or if you eat before seven, the foods don't change. They don't do anything to your metabolism just because it's a certain time of the day. But some people feel better working out on an empty stomach and then eating afterwards. Some people like to have, you know, like a wholesome breakfast and then they work out later in the day. So whatever it may be, it's really what, what makes most sense for your schedule. What's most sustainable for you? Like I don't, I personally don't eat till after I work out, which is usually not till like noon or so, just cause I feel better. There's no actual like secret fat loss benefits to it. It's just how I like, it's, I just feel better. And that's what I encourage each woman to do. So as long as you get those meals in within the 24 hour period, mm. 
the best thing you can do is just make it super easy for your lifestyle specifically. Okay. Why does, in quotes, just eat healthy and work out not work? For women? I, yeah, let's keep <laughs> it for women. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to think about the statement, eat healthy. That's a pretty generic statement. What's healthy for you is going to be completely different health, healthy for somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. So like some people, they don't like certain foods, right? So, or some foods cause a reaction to somebody, but not to you. So it might be healthy for one person, but not somebody else. So when somebody gets told eat healthy and work out that there's nothing, there's no like substance behind it. There's, there's a million different quote unquote workouts. Workouts could be going jogging. Workouts could be playing softball. Workouts could be weight training, right? So you want to gear everything towards you specifically, not to mention you ladies have crazy monthly cycles and hormones and everything else that play, play into it. Right. So you could be as disciplined as possible, but that's not going to guarantee that your weight keeps going down this month because mm. of everything you guys have gone. So there's hormonal issues. And then, the, like I said, the statement of eating healthy is, is the worst whenever, because there's really no such thing as healthy and unhealthy because mm -hmm. everything in excess could be considered unhealthy, right? Too much of anything, right? So you really have to find the food you enjoy, the workouts that makes, make the most sense that are conducive to your goals, and then go from there. Does that make sense? Definitely. And you brought up hormones. So I'm curious, I've been seeing this trend going, going around for a little while, mm -hmm. where um, it's usually influencers in their 20s, I think I've seen, where they are kind of programming their workouts around their cycle and mm. is that i mean do do i need to do we need to be doing that no no you don't need to program around it i mean you know if you're feeling pretty crappy around your cycle obviously don't push yourself um but no you don't have to do it around your cycles but most women are aware of what goes on leading up to their cycle during their cycle and all that so they're aware of how they feel they're aware of what their body does they're aware of water retention and all that and when you understand and you're aware of that you know that it's just this time period where things are going this direction it doesn't there's not a cause to change your whole game plan because this week you're five pounds heavier so there's kind of like an under underlying unspoken rule to tune into your body a hundred percent a hundred percent that's the that's the name of the game tune into your own body and your own own goals and okay. you should have a different there's not a one size fits all thing tune into your body is a great way to put it a hundred percent okay do you work with women individually or are you able to kind of tailor what their needs are in a group atmosphere yeah so i have online um coaching it's technically it's a group coaching each woman has their own game plan okay. within a community so i essentially eliminate all the guesswork when it comes to workouts meal plans mindset and all that and then once they have it then we can start tailoring it towards them specifically based on lifestyle goals preferences 
So each woman's journey is vastly different with ups and downs, different directions and all that. But again, in the grand scheme of things, it only comes down to giving your body enough nutrients to raise your metabolism, not enough nutrients to create fat cells. So you can overdo it on nutrients? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, if you consume too many, whether if you consume too much chicken and broccoli, you're going to, you're going to store, store weight, right? Well, let's say your calories stay, like say say your calorie intake, your goal is 2000 Mm -hmm. and you stay at 2000, but you are switching out foods to just have more nutrients. Mm -hmm. So one of the, so one of the things we don't do is count calories. Okay. Let's talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) So each, each food has different nutrient density, right? Which means you're going to eat, you're not going to eat the exact amount of calories every single day. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, obviously there's calorie ranges. Like you can't be housing 4,000 calories trying to lose weight. Right. Mm -hmm. But again, calories, that's one more thing adding to this woman's plate, this busy woman's plate. So again, if you focus on those portions, it's automatically going to be within the calorie range needed. Mm -hmm. So instead of like stressing over counting calories, like you said, you switch foods in and out. So if today you have a a palm size of chicken and tomorrow you have a palm size of fish, calories with the fish are obviously going to be a little higher, but they're not going to put you in any out of the range of hitting your goal. Does that make sense? Definitely. So yeah. So calories, come on now. (laughs) I just anti-calorie counter do you count your calories no 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 ladies don't count calories or um, macros inside the program okay and portions just portions yeah 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 because then it sets them up for like if they're in a restaurant they know the portions that they can have so they're Mm not tied to a strict diet so whether they go on vacation or go out to dinner with their husband or whatever it may be. They start learning the portions that they can have and still be on track of their, of their goals without stressing or being burdened of trying to stay within macros or not go over calories. So it's a much more less stressful journey. I'm, I'm laughing because I'm going to back you up on this. I had lunch with a friend the other day and I have been, I have been counting and weighing my food mm-hmm. and um, my friend has been on this journey much longer than me. So I'm kind of learning from her and we're on the phone and, I, and I'm explaining how, yeah, I went to lunch. I got grilled salmon and, and steamed veggies And I just, I estimated eight ounces. Like I overestimated just to be sure I covered my calories, but I ended up waking up in the middle of the night hungry. So I think I (laughs) overcalculated. And (laughs) and so she she asked, um, she's like, oh, well, maybe we should go there for lunch. We'll have to bring our scale though. I'm like, have you done that? She's like, no, she was joking. But to your point, (laughs) if you do go down that route, then you're worried about, okay, well, how much does this weigh? Like, what do I order? How much of it can I eat? So portion sizes is definitely more realistic for the busy woman. Yeah, like I said, I'm not not anti-macros or calorie count. It's just an unnecessary step for the women that are in the the program. We just want to get them to where they want to go in the shortest time frame possible with the least amount of steps possible. Right. Make it easy and simple and yeah. you don't need to overcomplicate it really. Yeah. Yeah. 
on that note, what are your thoughts on eat less, move more? Eat less, move more? Yeah. That's another blanket statement. Um, obviously, moving more is always going to be beneficial, no matter what you're eating. But um, again, eating less is relative because 90% of the time, it's women definitely don't need to eat less 90% of the time. They just need to eat more nutrient-dense foods. Mm-hmm. So you're actually, like I said, nine, almost every time, women have to start eating more to get a flatter flatter tummy. They have to start consuming more nutrients to get their body tighter and toner and start having more energy. So unless you know, you're obese, then you could use that eat less statement, but really it's not, it's not about eating less. It's about consuming more nutrients to fuel the body. Eating less means less nutrients go in the body. Less nutrients go in the body. Your metabolism realizes that less nutrients are going in the body. So it goes into protection mode. Like I said, just like a bear hibernates for the winter with its food. Your metabolism does that with with fat cells. And that's why like you see women when they do weight loss diets, the scale goes down and they lose weight, but they're either, they're never really happy because they feel like they can't tighten and tone their midsection or their or their hips or all that stuff. Or the moment they stop that diet, all the weight comes back on. So mm-hmm. the weight comes back on because now their metabolism is slower than when it started. They can't tighten and tone their tummy because metabolism is holding on to the fat cells. And that's where the reproductive system is and all that stuff. So that's where it stores it all. Okay. So that's what happens with eating less. So in most cases, women need to eat more, especially take in more nutrients so that the body can actually utilize those nutrients properly and the metabolism works ideally and then the fat can fall off yep yep so if you start like i said when there's when you're eating less it realizes so it goes into protection mode so it holds on those fat cells the moment you start giving your body the right amount of nutrients your metabolism recognizes that and says, all right, great. Now I got enough nutrients to hold on to these muscle fibers. Mm-hmm. So now I can use these fat cells as the day, daily energy source to walk, sleep, brush your teeth, not even talking about working out. So as you repeat that process and you're cycling through the fat cells, your body also starts letting go of water retention, starts letting go of inflammation, and then it starts pulling your hormones back into balance naturally. So now you start waking up having more energy, more mental clarity, and you're seeing your body change um, in a positive way. So now you just create this positive snowball by fixing the root of the problem, which is the metabolism instead of the symptoms, which most people try to do. And that's what most people get sold on. Because if you try to fix the symptoms, you just have to keep coming back for more supplements, more medications, more injections, whatever it may be. If you fix the root of the problem, the symptoms go away. Yes. Okay. Let's take it there. So... (laughs) the root of the problem, because I know you do go deeper with your coaching. So I want to talk about mindset. What comes first, changing your diet or changing your mindset? Changing your mindset. More importantly, changing your thoughts, which changes your habits. Changing your thoughts, changing your habits is what changes your your day-to-day lifestyle. So, it, I mean, it really all always comes down to feeling like you're worthy of new things because most by the time women get to my program there's 
they've spent a lot of time with very low self-confidence, putting everybody else before them, all that stuff. So when you operate from that mindset, essentially you're not in the driver's seat of your life. So meaning, you know, no matter how many times you start a diet or start a program, there's going to be something that pulls you out of it, whether it be kids, whether it be job stress, whether it be, you know, just working too much or relationship problems, whatever. And you just throw your hands up and say, I can't do this. Right. So they already come into it feeling like they can't really achieve it, mm. but they're, I don't want, I don't want to say desperate, but they know something has to change. Right. So in order for something to change, things have to change. And that's why we eliminate, eliminate their, um, guesswork. That's why we spend so much time on mindset because just because you join the program doesn't mean that all life's problems go away. Mm-hmm. It's actually better to have to join the program in the middle of all your life's problems. So we can create a game plans on how to overcome them so they don't throw you off course long after you graduate the program. Right. Because if you can do it, if you can do a program like that in the middle of all the stress and chaos, then imagine what you can do when you're not facing all this. Exactly. 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 So it's just day-to-day empowerment and um a big thing we say in the program is is progress not perfection so each day that you're in the program you don't have to be perfect with your meals you don't have to be perfect with your exercises you just want to progress in some way shape or form maybe it's one more bite at dinner maybe you did three workouts this week instead of two maybe you watched tuesday night's mindset call whatever whatever it may be it's, it's progress, not perfection. Going back to what you were saying too about um, not feeling worthy, I imagine even just taking the leap and investing in themselves and enrolling in a program that is, it probably seems selfish to them because they're mm-hmm. used to pouring their cup and into everyone else, their kids, mm-hmm. their husbands, their families, whoever's around them in their life. And yeah. And like, who, who am I to invest in all this time and money into me? Yeah. But yeah. Ultimately, I mean, speaking from experience, like you have to, like, if you don't take care of yourself first, then you have nothing to give. To people. Right. And that's, it's just like when you get on the airplane, they say, put your mask on before you put anybody else's mask on. So yeah. when you get in that position of like, why, why I, I'm not deserving of this. Even if you feel that way, you have to think about, you know, what are the people, the people you love the most, your kids, whatever it may be, what are they deserving of? They're deserving of your best version, Mm. right? So if anything, that's the main reason to invest in yourself, right? Everybody says that they'll die for their kids, but how many will actually live for their kids and be their best version of themselves? Yes, yes. So still on the mindset piece Mm -hmm. how can someone change or let go of a limiting belief like does that happen as you are changing your diet and starting to work out and seeing results or is that something that you also need to have that like as a as like a separate entity um it's definitely not separate so whatever the self-limiting belief is let's just say it's i can't do this right so first off, you have to get more, 
more direct on your statement. I can't do, I can't follow this meal plan or I can't work out, let's say, right? So the only way to start changing it is to start doing it. So that might be just do, following one meal from the week's meal, pl meal plan. That's still, again, progress from where you started. The person, the woman doesn't need to pinpoint where this belief stems from in order well, to- Well, we'll unpack that over, over time. Oh, okay. Right, because it, 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 it will show up as I can't follow A, B, or C. Okay. But as we go through the 12 weeks and she starts knocking out things that used to be limiting beliefs, there's still, it's, it's you like reverse engineer it. So whatever mm -hmm. that face value, there's layers to it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the, I can't, it's never about meal plans or workouts. It's always much deeper than that. Right. Maybe from some kind of traumatic experience from divorce or early motherhood or teenage years, all the way down to childhood years. Mm hmm so we start with with what we have mm -hmm. instead of instead of making it more confusing again it's just we just reverse engineer it one thought one thought at a time you just reminded me of something i i saw recently that was an image of somebody that's overweight and it basically spoke about the weight being a shield mm. do you think that that is a shield how so like it um, is protecting the person, like they, they almost unconsciously, but or subconsciously gain weight in order to feel safe because mm -hmm. they don't feel comfortable or safe in their body. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's no different than like what I did with my self-sabotage, keep myself safe. And that's what, and that's how our, our ego works and not like ego in the sense of like cocky, confident, but the ego is designed to keep us safe, mm -hmm. right? Because a long time ago, we had to watch out for saber-toothed tigers and stuff like that, right? We don't do that anymore. But so it keeps us safe. So whatever we're, we're used to, our ego wants to keep us there. And that's why like people stay in really terrible relationships instead of getting out. Because even though it's bad, it's comfortable and familiar. Mm -hmm. It's not as scary as starting their whole life over. Right. And and same same thing, whether like you said, whether it's gaining weight, whether it's any form of self-sabotage, this is our ego trying to keep us safe. And by keeping us safe, it also isolates us. Mm -hmm. So we feel like we were alone with our struggles. So we mm -hmm. don't reach out for help because it's safer to stay in our familiar thoughts, no matter how terrible those thoughts are. If you live with them every day for years and years. That's your home. That's mm -hmm. all you know, right? And right. then the only way things change is either through massive insight or massive, massive pain in some in some way. There's only that's the only two ways. So either people hit rock bottom, um, you know, with like a health scare and they know they have to make changes with their body, or you know, like mine with suicide attempts, the pain is what made me change. And those are, those are only two ways. So yeah, the ego will always try to keep you, keep you safe. And that's why we're, we have this amazing community of women inside the program that support one another and they're able to be vulnerable and they can share with each other. 
because why we have our own personal struggles, the overall hurdles that we all try to overcome are very similar. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, the community aspect is so key. It's so fascinating to me too, how the ego is the same. As we've evolved, there is still that deep internal fear that keeps us in this survival mode, even just like from going to the gym. Yeah. 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 Ego, whenever, that's why it's, it's hard for people to change because it's scary no matter what they're dealing with mm-hmm. creating change is hard because the unknown is way more unfamiliar than what they're what they're used to mm-hmm. and that's why it takes it takes connection it takes community which is the opposite of what our what our ego does our e- ego keeps us isolated right and even in today's society we're more isolated than ever so more than ever yeah. yeah yeah so having that community is just like we have to actually seek it out and be purposeful mm-hmm. about it because we're not going to accidentally fall into a group of friends or people that are going to support us especially um when you know we're spending so much time at home and by ourselves and yeah so that's, that's yeah that's why like all my all my um client testimonials i always tag the actual client in there just so other women can actually reach out to them and just have their own conversations with other women and you know because a lot of times women are embarrassed or intimidated or whatever to reach out to me directly so i try to create a community on the side where they can have their own conversations yeah oh that's beautiful thank you is there anything that we didn't cover today that you would like to share or speak on? I think I think mm-hmm. it was great. I think it was a great combo. Personally. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, no, this has been amazing. Um I have one more question for you before I ask it. Where can people find you? Um, the easiest place to find me is on Instagram at D Newborn. Um, and then Facebook is Derek Newborn, or you can go to DerekNewborn.com. But really, Instagram is the best way to connect with me. Um, just shoot me a message on there. I try to keep it super, super organic and super, super friendly. So you can always just shoot me a message on there at D Newborn. Okay, great. And that will be in the show notes, of course. And then for my final question that I ask everybody at the end what is your number one health tip, whether it's mindset, diet and nutrition, physical, emotional, just the one piece of advice that you would like everyone to know? The number one health tip is to spend five minutes in gratitude every morning. (laughs) (laughs) If you do that, your life, your day will not only drastically change, but the grand trajectory of your life will drastically improve five minutes of gratitude first thing in the morning and then start your day. Yes. Okay. Tell me one thing that you're grateful for today. One thing I'm grateful for. I am grateful for my dog because he, my dog taught me that unconditional love does exist. So I'm super grateful for him today. Uh, That might've been the best answer. (laughs) 
Uh, thank you so much for joining me, Derek. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you again. Absolutely. And thank you to everyone listening. Have a beautiful day. That concludes this episode. If this resonated with you, please give it a rating and review. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. Links are in the show notes. I sincerely thank you for your time and your presence.